0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Stay with me this morning. So good to see you. We're glad that you are here on this cool day in uh, August. Maybe not. Well, uh, I tell you what, I believe a breakthrough is coming for you. What do you think? I think God's on the move, don't you? Let's pray, Father. We're so grateful that you love us, you care for us, and Lord, our ears are open, our heart is receptive to your word today. Lord, let it bring forth fruit. We ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Turn to your neighbors. I'm glad you're here today. you may be seated so good to have you this morning and if you're watching online thank you for being with us today so this is an unusual title for the message a whole lot of shaking going on if you have any age on you at all you will recognize this is a song title but actually it's very scriptural Uh, in in 1957 there was a guy by the name of jerry lee lewis that uh, maybe uh, you don't know who that is. But anyway, uh, really made this song famous. Actually, it hit number one in the rock and roll genre, and Rolling Stone magazine said it was the 61st uh, most popular rock and roll song, most famous. And uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, he played the piano. They, they actually have made movies about his life, and he's affectionately called the killer. And uh, he played the piano with his fingers and his toes and his head. He sat down, he stood, and I tell you what, he was kind of a crazy guy. But uh, his uh, song, Whole Lot of Shakin' Going On, was very, very popular. How many of you know you and I live in a world where there's a whole lot of shaking going on? So that this is more than the song. I don't want to really talk about the song today, but I, I do want to talk about what's going on in our world and your world, and there's a lot of shaking going on. If you have your Bibles, 2 Samuel chapter 22, this is about King David. And King David, as you know, uh, has been anointed to be king of, of Israel. However, that has not come to pass. He has killed Goliath. He is uh, the, the overcomer of the giant, But yet, he still has not ascended to the throne. Not only has he not ascended to the throne, he has accumulated a lot of enemies. And Saul, who is currently the king, has vowed to kill him, and he's hunting him down like a dog. So that's a little uh, background to where we're at. But in chapter 22, verse 5, he says, Waves of death surround me. Ungodliness made me afraid verse six the cords of the grave coal around me the snares of death confronted me and verse seven in my distress i called upon the lord have you ever felt like you're on shaky ground not only in our world but even with another person i think i'm on shaky ground with them so like david he is fearing death he is also looking at the ungodly world around him that is shaking his life. How many of you know we see a lot of the ungodly world around us today? Uh, We we see it every day. Uh, He's sensing anxiety and distress. He's feeling that in his life. And it's building up on the inside of him and certainly that happens to us today. And it happens to me and I'm sure it happens to you. So today's world is a little shaky. We've just come through a pandemic, uh, COVID-19. People say we've come through that, but you know, I I see people, you know, still with COVID nineteen and the numbers are going up. You know, our president has been shot and shot and boosted and boosted and he's still got COVID nineteen and again and again and so we live in a crazy world i mean there's people that say you know i'm not going to come to church unless everybody has a mask on and the other people saying i'm not coming to church if anybody has a mask on and you know it's you know we, we got to get vaxxed and i'm not going to get vaxxed i'm not going to get up get up caught up in that debate but how you know it's shaky and even the experts don't even agree on what is the truth and now we have inflation over nine uh, the, percent. The new thing coming along is the monkeypox. I mean, when in the world did my vi- vocabulary get into the monkeypox arena? I, you know, I didn't see that coming. Did you? Uh, we we have uh, you know all kind of things going on. If you have a retirement plan, it's probably down at least ten to twenty percent. Um, Russia's raging war in the Ukraine. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has irritated the Chinese now. Uh, how many of you going to help me preach this morning? L- listen, I- I'm just telling you the truth. Nothing I've said here is a lie. It's not good for preachers to lie in the pulpit. So I'm just telling you, we live in a very, very shaky world. Uh, poverty, climate change, Uh, We have border problems, we have drug problems, Uh, seems like we live in a shaky world, sometimes with shaky leadership. So that's the world that we live in. And all of us, you know, experience some of this uh, sometime in our life, but when it becomes personal, when it becomes down to you and your situation, then what's the remedy? What do we do? I mean, how do we traverse this? How do we meet those challenges And I think the Bible is full of answers. How many of you believe that with me? The Bible is full of answers. So if you have been in a shaky situation, and certainly can happen to anybody. It it could be the recent death of a loved one. It could be marital problems, financial problems. It could be with a job or new business. It could be trouble with marriage issues with kids or grandkids. It could be a health issue. It, It may be you have the challenges of being single today. And all those are real things. I mean, those are real things that we go through. So when life throws you those issues, what do you do? Well, I want you to see something here. What happens when we call out on the Lord? Look back with me to 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 7. This is what David said. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. Then the earth shook and... Trembled. Say that with me. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Now listen, God is not angry with David. God is angry with this situation. How many of you know God gets angry? The Bible's very clear. Sometimes God gets angry angry and now things begin to shake things begin to move because god's on the move so if we go back to david we realize when god is moving david is confessing when God is moving, David is confessing. In the world that David lived, he had to make some faith confessions. Look at verse 2. The Lord is my fortress, my rock, my deliverer. Verse 3. God of my strength, I will trust him. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior. Verse eighteen twenty nine. You deliver me from my enemy. You are my support. You deliver me. You reward me. You delight in me. You recompense me. You give me mercy. You save the humble. You are my lamp. You light up my darkness. How many of you know David is attacking the shaky ground with his confession? So what do we do? Well, look here. Uh, You know, he's saying, okay, the world's unstable. How many of you remember a few years ago we had a... 5.8 earthquake in Oklahoma. How many of you remember that? How many of you don't remember that? How many of you were asleep when that happened? Okay. So, Carrie and I are at home. The 5.8 earthquake, which is one of the largest we've ever had in Oklahoma, it shook. It it happened up kind of in the, the north central part of Oklahoma. But all the way down to where we live, southwest out by Warwick Lake, our house, it was kind of like a boom, and then it shook. So Carrie's in one part of the house, I'm in another. She comes in there, and she says, what did you just do? (laughs) How do you know, it's always interesting when your wife blames you for an earthquake. (laughs) Guys, I deserve a better amen than that. Because sometimes wives can blame you for things you didn't do. So I said, honey, I didn't do anything. She said, I thought you were beating the wall on the wall or something. I said, no, I think we just had an earthquake. So even in Oklahoma, the ground can be shaky, right? So when we need stability, when we need to feel the firmness when the earth is shaking or when our world is shaking, what should your reaction be? What should my reaction be? So let's go back. what David said and this is good for you it's good for me turn to your neighbor says good for you too so if you live in a shaky world what should your confession be let's learn from David the Lord is my fortress my rock my deliverer he's the God of my strength I will trust him he's my shield the horn of my salvation my stronghold my refuge my Savior and David goes on and on and on so when you're on shaky ground what do you do God is my rock God is my stronghold. God is my fortress. You know what? That works. That will bring stability to your life in a shaky situation. So so David is teaching us here. He is showing us some things. And let me give you four things today that will help you and certainly will help me. Number one, unstable times cause us to look for stability. I mean, when it's shaking, you're looking for something stable. God is my rock. He's my fortress. He's the one that secures me. He's the one that holds me. I'm in the hollow of his hand. So when the world around you is shaking, you need to find a stable place. Because let me tell you, you can't find stability sometimes in the world, in government, in your money, your job, any of those things. You need the stability that only Almighty God can give you. Because other things will fail. But we need stability when we have times of shaking. Here's the second thing. When God is shaking up our world, he's trying to get our attention. Do you know that happened in the Bible time and time again? God is trying to get his people's attention so he shakes up their world so they will turn from what they're looking at and turn to him. So we need to realize sometimes God wants to get our attention. See, God can cause a... Crisis in the world he can cause a crisis in a nation. He can cause a crisis in your own personal life So that he can redirect you he can get your attention and sometimes our attention is so caught by other things that Eternally don't matter. God is saying hey over here over here over here now I have a little two-year-old grandson and um, He can hear really well But I hear his mother saying, uh, you're not being a good listener. You're not being a good listener. I wonder if God ever looks at you and I and say, you're not being a good listener. You're not being a good listener. Or let's go a step further. You're acting like a two-year-old. Would he ever do that? Yeah, he would. You know why? Because just like we love our grandson, God loves you. And he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get my attention. In 1991, Carrie and I, in January, we were in uh, Mexico. And so we're on the Pacific Coast. Um, That January is when the Gulf War crisis started. So the Gulf War broke out when we were out of the country in Mexico. Our hotel room didn't have a television in it, but there was a big screen television in the lobby of that hotel. And the Americans were going down to watch what was happening in the Gulf War. And so we were focused in on that for about a week or so, and then we flew back to the United States. Uh, We had people in our church that was in the Middle East at the time of the outbreak of the Gulf War. There were family members that had people over there. Uh, People had sons and grandkids there. And so this is a very shaky time. I mean, the Gulf War has started, and you saw the missiles going in. You saw the anti-aircraft uh, fire going up in the sky. We, we have tanks that are rolling into Iraq. How many of you remember those times? Now, um, w- when that happened, when we arrived home, people were scared. People were alarmed, and a lot of people who had family over there they were very concerned and there's a couple of things that happened how many of you know we got a whole lot of patriotism going then i mean people started flying flags we had uh patriotic songs written by country and western singers everywhere and that's a good thing i think but people begin to ask me said pastor is this the beginning of armageddon how, how many of you know how unshaky it was we're having this huge war in the middle east now our church had already been growing, and it was pretty full. But I wanna tell you, when the Persian Gulf War broke out, we had folding chairs everywhere. We had them down the sides of the pews. We had them in front of the pews. People were packing out the pews, the folding chairs. I mean, you, you were hipsters during those days, which means you were hip to hip with somebody in church. And so our church was full Because God was getting people's attention. The world's shaky. Things could happen. But you know, that went on month after month after month, and as soon as it was over, how many of you know, a lot of those people who came to church when it was shaky left shortly after the world got a little bit more stable. Now, many of you know I've used this term many times. We affectionately call them Scud Christians. They were in, and then they were out. So sometimes when the Lord gets your attention, not only do we not just need to listen, we need to get to the place we need to be. So they were in, they were worried, they were shaken, they were concerned. This morning in the early church, John, who sits over here, he came up to me after the service this morning. He said, Pastor, I was there in the Middle East when that happened. He said, not only was the the Lord shaking people up. He said the ground was literally shaking. He said with tanks and bombs and missiles. He said, you know, we were all concerned because we were there in the front lines of the Middle East. And he said, not only was the, the world shaking, he said there were no atheists around me at that point either. How, how many of you know a lot of people, well, I'm this and I'm that. Let me tell you, when it gets shaky, they change their tune. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're big and bad until trouble comes. Oh, you're smart. You're scientific. Oh, yeah, you got this theology down until trouble comes. Then you know what you do. Where's the rock? Where's the fortress? Where's the foundation? It's Almighty God. That's where it is. That's who he is. He is our fortress. God had their attention for a little while, but then it... When, listen to this, Psalm 119, verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now i obey your word. Verse 71, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. You know what the Lord said? When I afflicted you, you listened. And that's what the Bible says. Here's the third thing. The shaking is for the sifting. Say that with me. The shaking is for the, 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 the sifting. So sometimes the Lord sifts us. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that uh, the Lord sifts us in a way that he brings us down to something or a place that we need to be. Does that make sense? Uh, do you know how a combine works? Uh, I went on wheat harvest, um, worked on combines, had to grease them every day, drove them every day through the harvest. The harvest time, at harvest time, the combine, the header takes in everything. I mean, it reels everything in. Then it takes it And it begins to in some way chop it up and then it begins to sift it it means the grain I mean there there are platforms inside of that that just shake and it shakes and it shakes and it shakes and it sifts the grain down through the shakers and the chaff is blown out the back and then the grain goes into what we call a hopper. Then it goes into a truck. It's harvested, but you don't harvest it until first there is a sifting. Whether it was done mechanically or, uh, you know, in ancient times, there was always a sifting. Can I tell you, before the ultimate harvest comes, there will be a sifting? And there will not be a sifting until there is a shaking? Shaking? So the shaking produced the sifting that we all will go through. Many years ago in the Bible, there was a group of people that came to Israel and dominated Israel because they were idolatrous, they were not following God. The Midianites came and they stayed for about seven years. Um, Some of us were in Ireland a few years ago and they disliked the uh, English people. And they said uh, the, the England, uh, you know, uh, occupation, the English came a few uh, hundred years ago and thought they'd stay for about a hundred years. And so now the Midianites have come and they put Israel into servitude, into bondage. And God's going to raise somebody up and then likely deliver by the name of Gideon. And Gideon is an unlikely hero here. God calls him, and he says, you are going to command the army that's going to defeat the Midianites. So Gideon begins to get an army. So he gathers up 32,000 men. That's a big army. And the Lord says, well, we need to sift this army, so tell whoever is afraid to go home. 22,000 of them went home. He's left with 10,000. 22,000 went home. How many of you know there's a sifting going on here? And from the 10,000, he says, I want you to take them down to the water and let them drink. So he takes the 10,000 down to the water. And some of the men, because they were thirsty, they went on their knees down to the water, put their head in the water and began to drink. But there were 300 men They got down on their knee and they cupped the water in their hand and they brought their water up to their mouth and they drank from the palm of their hand. And God said, those who put their face in, let them go. Those who brought the water up to their mouth, he said, those are your guys. So he sifted them again. Fear out. Don't keep your vision where the enemy is, you're out. How many of you know, we don't need to be afraid and we need to keep our vision? You've got to have courage, and you got to keep your vision. So now, from 32,000, he has 300. And God said, now you go attack the Midianites. And I'm sure Gideon thought, Lord, I didn't like this sifting process. I mean, the Bible says they covered the ground like grasshoppers, so there's a bunch of them. Now he's going to take 300 men that have been sifted by Almighty God to attack the Midianites, and it worked. How many of you know God's ways work? But what's God doing? This is a key. God is letting them know, I'll save by many or I'll save by few. But I want the glory to come to me. I don't want you to think because you had all of these men, you did it. How many of you know God does it? He is the conqueror. He is the one who does it, but he chooses to do it through us. And that's exciting, isn't it? You know, I've told this story so many times, but you remember the, uh, the organ player back before electricity? And some of you won't really understand this, so let me explain it. There was a time we did not have Electricity. My, my little cousin, my grandfather died at 90-something years old, and he would tell stories about living in the country and, you know, outhouses and all those things. And he said, well, honey, we didn't have electricity. And she said, well, Granddad, how would you watch TV? That's <laughs> a true story. So if you don't have electricity, things are different. But those old organs, and Mom and Dad had one in their, uh, still have one in their living room, and it has pedals. You have to pump it up. It has a bladder, and it has, you know, a place where you actually pump it up, and that gives the air for the organ to operate. So years ago, back in the early 1800s, cathedrals had huge pipe organs. And the way they operated, there was someone who had a big lever that that pumped the bellows to produce the wind for the organ to work. And this particular cathedral, this church, invited a huge, renowned organist to come in and play. And they had about 11-year-old boy back there pumping that organ and those billows to provide the wind for all those pipes and the organ to operate. And so he's pumping, and the guy is playing, and he's giving beautiful music that's going all over that cathedral. It is wonderful. And that little boy gets so enraptured with that music he looks around the corner of that organ and he said man we're doing good aren't we and so the organist just kind of frowns and scowls at him and just keeps playing and that little boy loves it so much i mean he's never heard music like that he's still back there pumping and he looks around and he said man we are doing so good guy just kind of gives him a dirty look and he gets back there and he's pumping and pumping and pumping. He goes the third time and says, well, this is so good. And, and the organist kind of leans over and he says, what do you mean we are doing good? He said, I'm playing this thing. And it's not long, that old organ went "womp, womp, womp." And that little boy looked across the corner of that organ and he said, how are you doing on your own? Sometimes we do the same thing to God. We think we're doing it. We think we got it. We're making it happen. Honey, you ain't doing nothing without God. He is the one who helps us. And Gideon, listen, you're used by me. You're going to do this, but I want to get the glory. How many of you know the glory belongs to Almighty God? We sing about that today. The glory belongs to the Lord. Can I hear an Amen. So there's a sifting process. We've all seen it, haven't we? Have you come to church for years and there were people who used to sit on your pew? People who used to sit next to you? People who worshiped with you and Bible studied with you and, 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 and they, they were with you through different projects and, and, and they were with you right there and all of a sudden a week goes by, a month goes by and you look around, guess what? They're not here anymore. What happened to them? Well, pastor, you know... Um, they used to stand and sing with me, and they used to attend with me, and, and uh, now they're just uh, no longer active in the kingdom of God. They're just doing their own thing. And I think maybe they had some marital problems or family issues, or there was a divorce, and there was an issue with their health and jobs and finances and sickness, and somebody offended them. You know, somebody offended them, so they're they just gone. It's never happened to anybody here, has it? That's a question, has that ever happened to anybody here? Why are you still here then? And they're not. Isn't that a good question? I'm going to let this sink in for a minute. Why are you still here and they're not? Because they allowed themselves to be sifted. Carrie's had marital problems all of her life. (laughs) And it's me. I mean, we've, we've had death in our family. We, we, we've had health issues. We've had financial issues. Why aren't we still here? Why are you still here? We've had people offend us. Do you realize as a pastor for almost 40 years, hardly a week goes by that I don't please somebody? Can, can you imagine that? In your wildest imagination. Can you imagine that I have ever, ever been offended? But I'm still here. Honey, listen to me. You get yourself on the rock. You get yourself on the rock. Don't you let somebody offend you out of this kingdom. Don't you let a health issue or a divorce or your singleness or your business, or your finances, or your job, get you out of this kingdom. You need to be on the rock of Jesus Christ. You need to tell the devil, I am here, and I'm here to stay, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm about to preach myself happy. I'm going to tell you, everything that happened to that person is giving you an excuse why they're not serving God has happened to you. There's not going to be one person in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who are here this morning that cannot say, yeah, that happened to me too. But I'm still serving the Lord. I'm still in this kingdom. And the devil will not sift me. Peter... Be careful, because Satan has desired to sift you. Don't let him sift you. i gotta, I got to calm down here. Haven't we all had these issues? Hasn't this happened to every one of us here? Listen, 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, chapter 11, verse 24. Let me set the stage Paul is going to say before I read these verses are they ministers of Christ or not am am I not a minister of Christ they say they're apostles Am, am I not an apostle so let me just share some things with you church of the Jews five times I received 40 stripes save one Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils of the heathen, perils in the city. How many of you know he's saying, I've gone through some stuff. Perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often in hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and nakedness besides those things that are without that which comes upon me daily the cares of all the churches who is weak and i'm not weak who is offended and i burn not you know what paul is saying i've been through some stuff but i'm still in this kingdom Have I been offended? Absolutely. Have I been tired? Yes. Have I been hungry? Yes. Have people beat me? Yes. Have I been in prison? Yes. But I'm still in this kingdom. I'm still committed to Christ. Here's number four. What shakes other people can loosen you. What shakes others can set you at liberty. It can loose your life. Uh, Acts 16, if you'd like to turn there, Paul and Silas are on their missionary journey. They go up to the northern parts of Greece, Philippi, and they're preaching the gospel. I mean, you know not everybody likes it when you preach the gospel. When you say Jesus is the only way, not everybody likes that. I mean, I've heard preachers say, well, you know, the, the, the Buddhists, they have their way, and The Muslims have their way, and we have our way, which is Jesus. No, honey, there is only one way, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by me or through me. So Paul and Silas are preaching the word of God. There are people who are demon-possessed there. There is a young girl, and Paul casts the devil out of this young girl, and It just gets worse and worse for Paul and Silas. So let's pick it up, verse 22. And the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet with the stocks we're not talking about AT&T and Amazon and <laughs> Caterpillar these stocks are what you put your head your feet or your hands in i don't know what type they are so they're chained up about midnight say that with me about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God Did i read that right In the middle of all this they've been beaten they've been accused they've been imprisoned They're in chains, they're in stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Do you know people are watching you when you're on shaky ground? did Did you just read that? The other prisoners noticed. When you go through your difficulty, somebody's watching you. When you go through your financial crisis, somebody's watching you. Listen, when when you go through your sickness, when you go through your downtime, when you go through your marital problems, when you go through your singleness, when you go through your challenges, somebody's watching you. There there are people listening to you. And as they listen to them, suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were What? Shaken. All at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone, chains, came loose. That was a whole lot of shaking going on. And to coin another song title, it was a jailhouse rock. And if you don't believe that can happen, hello, darling. I'm telling you, that things happen to strong believers but here's the wonderful thing the thing that was shaking literally loosened the people of god the shaking loosened them and here's the marvelous thing and loosened everybody else in the prison the jailer who was to keep them in the inner prison For safekeeping, thought that they were going to escape. He sprang in with the light. Paul said, Do yourself no harm. We are all still here. Now, I don't think just the other prisoners were listening to the prayers. I don't think the other prisoners were just listening to the singing. I think the jailer was listening to it. What do you think? Because when he sprang in and Paul and Silas addressed them, he said, what do I need to do to be saved? And Paul said, if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And he believed on Jesus. Now here is an amazing thing. Possibly the guy who put the stripes on their backs is now washing them and attending to them, and feeding them. And I tell you what, this guy who was this just a few moments ago, now because he believed the word of God, he is now saved. And not only is he saved, the Bible says that his whole family got saved and Paul baptized every one of them. How many know that's a change? That's a change because there was a shaking going on. If you read that story, and it says, and joy came to that household because they became believers. How many know there's some joy that needs to come to some households? Let me read the last passage I have for you this morning, Hebrews 12, if you'd like to turn there, please. In Hebrews 12, this is a contrast between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. Mount Sinai was where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Mount Zion is over to the city of David. Mount Sinai is where God spoke and the ground shook and the top of the mountain burnt and you couldn't even touch the mountain for fear of death. It's a contrast between law and grace. How many of you are glad we're under grace today? By grace we're saved through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm glad I'm not under the law, but let me tell you, if you do the things by grace, you literally fulfill the law law if if you live that kind of life. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, and this is found in the Old Testament Haggai, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship and with reverence and awe because we're in that kind of kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This world will be shaken, this world is shaking. All kind of shaky things we see every day. Watch the news, shaky things. Listen to the radio, shaky things. Get on the computer, shaky things. But you are in a kingdom, according to the word of God, that cannot be shaken. He said, I'll not only shake the earth, but I'll shake heaven too. There are scriptures in the Bible, if you turn to Revelation, if you turn to other scriptures in the Bible, the Bible says that even our cosmos will be shaking, that the stars shall fall from the sky like untimely figs they are shaken out of the tree. L- let me bring this up to the Oklahoma vernacular. How many of you have ever picked up pecans? Okay, a few of you. So we pick up pecans, we just, we just go to the tree, and we just get the pecans that already fallen or we could go a step further or we could frail the pecans some of you don't know what that means okay let me explain it to frail pecans you, you get usually a cane pole or some kind of pole and you start beating the limbs of the pecan tree and the pecans begin to fall but if you are a pecan harvester if you're a professional they actually have machines that will go up and clamp the tree and vibrate the tree so much that the pecans will fall out of the tree with everything else limbs and all kind of stuff and leaves but it will violently shake that tree so they can harvest the pecans that fall god said he said i am going to shake not only the earth but i'm going to shake the heaven too how many of you want to be in god's harvest I want to be in the harvest. And there is no harvest without the shaking. There is no harvest without the sifting. But here's the good news this morning. You are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I don't know what China's going to do. I don't know what the monkey pox is going to do. I don't know what COVID's going to do. I don't know what Biden's going to do. I don't know what the next leader's going to do, but I know what God Almighty's going to do. He is going to shake this place. And you're going to remain. And you're going to be harvested to the kingdom of God, to heaven, to eternity. Why? Because you're in a kingdom that cannot be shaking and honey there's a whole lot of shaking going on amen stand with me this morning would you do this for me we're getting ready to leave so hang with us just for a moment if you're a teacher a coach administrator or a student would you come and stand right here with me come on just move this direction if you're a teacher if you're a coach if you're a student going, getting ready to go to school, from all over the Cascade, across the building, front to back, come on, I want you to come. Everybody take a step, get right up here close to me. All the students, all the teachers, all the administrators, all the coaches, principals, superintendents. Boy, we got a bunch of them, don't we? How many of you know, if you're going back to school, you need prayer? If you're going to college, Going to high school, junior high, grade school. I was asking some of the kids, they were coming in this morning, several of them. And I said, you ready for school to start? They gave me the answer I usually have given myself. Not really. That's kind of my answer. We're going to pray for them this morning. Let me just, before we pray, say this. If you're not in the kingdom of God, you're in trouble. If you're not in the kingdom of God, you're in trouble. If you're playing church, you're in trouble. If you say, well, I'm kind of a nominal Christian, you're in trouble. You better solidify yourself in this kingdom that cannot be shaken. There's only one way to do it. That's through the Lord Jesus Christ. I I can't put you there. I can't secure you there. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. We have some people who help us pray. I want them to come right now. I want them to stand right over here with Pastor Matt. Over here to my right, we got Tanner coming. So we have some people who's going to help us pray. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I would never walk out of these doors ever until I knew him. So as we pray, I would make my way up here to my right and over here to my left, and I would come up here and I'd pray with these people. I'd talk to them. They can help you. They can guide you. They can't save you, but they can point you to the Savior, and that's Jesus. Now, for the rest of us, how many of you would come and just gather around all these teachers, these students, these coaches, these administrators? Come on. You're welcome to come. Everybody take a step forward. We're going to get about a couple hundred more in here. So if you'd like to come, pray for all these students, all these teachers, administrators, coaches, principals. We're going to circle the wagons here. We're going to pray for them. But if you don't know the Lord, you need to come over here and find somebody. You need to pray with them today. If you can't get up here, stretch your hand out here. Let's pray a blessing upon all these students and all these teachers. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, You see the grace we need. You see the help we need. You see the strength we need. God, you you see the wisdom we need as we go back to work, as we go back to school. God, you see what these students are going to face among other students. Maybe bullying, maybe harassment. It, It could be some of the the social dilemmas that we face some of the wokeness of our world god give them strength give them grace give them the power to witness let them be lights let them be hope sometimes in places that need a great deal of hope so lord today bless our teachers bless our coaches Lord, bless our administrators, bless our students. Lead them, guide them, strengthen them, oh God. And Father, that's our prayer today. Father, help them as only you can. God, we receive that help. And when the ground begins to shake, we are on the rock that does not roll. We're in the fortress, we're in the refuge because you are our refuge, almighty God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you, I love you. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.